How many are excited about Christmas? Make some noise. Three people are excited about Christmas. Nobody else said. How many are excited about baptisms today? Make some noise. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. So we've been talking about the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. But before we jump into that, how many of y'all ever, how many of y'all ever, ever drove a car before? You ever drove a car, right? How many of y'all know how to drive a stick shift car? Stick shift, make some noise. Right? Oh, yeah, there we go. We got some real drivers in the building. That's what I'm talking about. So, I, so one thing I know before we jump into, you know, the whole getting serious with, with you know, the scriptures is uh, how many of y'all are like me when you drive the car, right? Just the other day, the little gas gauge comes on, the little light comes on. But y'all like, no, I know my car. Right? I know, how many of y'all like that? Clap your hands. Like, I know my car. My car could go an extra 15 miles when that light comes on. How many of y'all relate to that? Raise your hand up. How many of y'all don't even wait till the, till the gas gauge comes on? You just like, if that thing's a, a quarter tank, you're like, that thing is on E already. I got to go fill that thing up. I used to be like that. I don't know what it is about th- this season. I've let that light come on more probably in this last year than I ever have. So y'all pray for me, all right? Y'all pray for me. But I started to read, I started, as I was studying this whole week, I started to read something, and I read about this, this company called AAA. Y'all know AAA? AAA comes and rescues you on the side of the road, or something's wrong with your car, or if you break down, and they have this on the AAA website. They say that the majority of people, they come and they rescue, in a sense. Guess what it is? They ran out of gas. And I'm like, yo, this is 2019. We got vehicles now that not only does the light come on, but it says the miles, how many miles are left. And they, they say that they, they come and they rescue people who run out of gas in brand new cars. I could understand if it was like a 64 Impala, right, and it doesn't have any gas. That joker just has that. How many of y'all used to drive those old schools where the, where the gas thing would just kind of swing like this? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It would just kind of swing. It would be like, yeah, yeah. I used to have a truck like that. And if that thing was swinging below the quarter tank, you better stop and get gas. But I, was, I found it interesting. I'm like, yo. And I, and I find myself in this situation when the, when the gas light comes on, it's a warning. Say warning. You need to go do something before you're on the side of the road. Right? And so I'm looking up. I'm doing the studies. And I'm like, it's interesting that in 2019, we got the most high-tech vehicles ever, and people still run out of gas. Now, thank God. I'm not prophesying for me, but thank God I have never ran out of gas. I'm always just making it in the nick of time, right? I'll never forget the other day I'm, I'm driving back from the radio station, and it's kind of far, and the gas light was on when I left the radio station. And this is like all the way up in Alpharetta, and the way I go home is like back roads because... It's just shorter. So I'm driving on this back road after midnight on a Saturday night, kind of in the country. Y'all know if you go out like a little bit out of Atlanta, it's like it's country real quick. Right? I'm driving on this country road, and I pass, ask my wife, we pass all these gas stations that actually close. And I'm like, these gas stations are closed. Like, I got to get gas. So I had to drive like 30 minutes, thank God that he, like, multiplied my gas by a miracle in the name of he like He, like, turned air into gas. Like, water into wine, he turned air into gas. I'm like, Jesus, you need, to, you need to come through because it's 1230, and I'm in nowhere, Georgia, and I don't want to break down on the side of the road and call AAA. Y'all know how long AAA takes, right? 
hours. <laughs> Radical said hours. But I thought it was really interesting. And today, I'm not going to be talking about gas. The context of the scripture I want to talk about is oil. Say oil. And oil is symbolic in the scriptures of Holy Spirit and Jesus. And so I want to talk about, but before we jump into the, to the scripture, I want to talk a little bit about the context of the scripture, right? Since I'm talking to people just like me who run their cars on E all the time, right? So this was a response to the disciples asking the Lord, right, if he was going to send a sign of him coming back. Because he's like, yo, I got to leave you guys, right? I died on a cross. I resurrected from the dead. And I actually have to bounce. I cannot stay here, he says. But I'm going to send you a helper who is Holy Spirit. Right? So the disciples would, would ask the same questions that me and you would ask. They were like, yo, Jesus, like, yo, like, I, I know you're going to be leaving us, but the question is, he's, you said you'd be back, so are you going to, like, send us a sign? Are you going to, like, let us know when you're coming back, or are you just going to kind of just appear? Now, remember, this was 2,000 years ago. Jesus was talking to the disciples in Matthew chapter 24. But Jesus was speaking to them about the last days. And he made it clear to his disciples that it, well, he wasn't going to come back like next week. He wasn't even going to come back, back anytime soon. He says, I would not come back immediately, but only after, he says this, a considerable amount of time. And you're going to have many troubles in between now and then. Right? Say, I'm going to have many troubles. We know that. Right? We live in a broken world. We live in a dying world. We live in a world that's full of sin, hatred. Right? And, and, and you don't have to be alive a long time to realize that in this world, you're going to have troubles. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. What? How am I supposed to be of good cheer when it's been the worst year of my life, people might say. Because he says this, because I, Jesus, have overcome this world. That's good news. The, 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 the text comes from Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. I want to I read this story and it's a parable since we're talking about parables. And the parable is about 10 women, right, 10 virgin women who are awaiting, right, the, the, this wedding. They're awaiting this groom to come to this wedding. And let's just read it together if we can. At the time of the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. And five were wise. Now, this is like a 50-50 story, right? Five of them, the Bible says, were foolish and five were wise. And we're going to get into why they were foolish and why they were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. Verse 4. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy it for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who, who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others came, saying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, 
because you do not know the day or the hour. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray that it touches our hearts today, touches our minds, and ministers to us, God, that we become like these wise virgins, Father, that we become ones who fill our lamps up, God, continually so that we never run out and the door is not closed on us. We thank you in Jesus' name. We all said amen, amen. So the first point I want to make about this story, right, it's a parable. We, we already talked about a couple weeks ago what parables were. This is Jesus telling a story of what th- th- this situation is, but what the kingdom of God is like, right, what, the king, what life in the kingdom is like. And the first thing, the first point I want to make is you realize in this story that the oil costs something. Say cost something. Like everything in life costs something, am I right? You go out, you want to get a new car, it's going to cost you something. You want to go out and get new clothes, it's going to cost you something. You want to buy one of these gifts to go give it away to something. Somebody paid for this empty box right here. <laughs> like somebody paid, like nobody just created the box for free. Somebody paid for that thing. Right? We go out and we do a, a church service every last Monday where we feed about 250 people. We give it away for free. Right? It's a great, amazing meal. It's free to the people who come. But somebody paid for the food. Somebody prepared the food. And when I read this parable, I realize that this oil actually costed something. In verse 9 it says, go to those who sell oil and buy it for yourself. Right? That's not... Uh, I wouldn't want to be told that. If I'm there, right, I'm ready to go. I got my oil, my my lamp. And a lamp back then was like to shine so they could see in the dark. There wasn't lights. There wasn't like lanterns. It wasn't, it was just like this, more like a a torch. That makes sense? And they needed oil to be able to see where they were going. And so these, these women were like, hey, let me borrow some oil. You ever ask somebody for money before? Like, yo, could I borrow like five bucks? They're like, yo, nah, go get a job. <laughs> That's basically what they're saying. They're saying, no, they weren't saying just go get a job. They were saying, no, go buy some for yourself. Why did they tell them to go buy some for themselves? Because if they would have gave them some of theirs, they would have ran out. That's what they were afraid of. You, right, in the kingdom, you actually have to go get your own oil. I'm going to say it again. In the kingdom, you actually have to go receive, go get Do whatever you have to do to get your own oil. Now, again, what is the oil a representative of? It's Holy Spirit. You cannot use someone else's anointing. You cannot use someone else's relationship. There's a lot of people in the church, maybe even today, you're here because your mom brought you, or you're here because you grew up this way, your family was this way, but guess what? When you meet Jesus face to face, I do not want to be the person that Jesus tells, you know what, I don't know who you are. Right? I meet him. Lord, I went to church every single Sunday. And Jesus says, well, I don't actually know you. Like, that is a scary scripture to me. And we read about it right here. You can't use someone else's oil. You can't use someone else's Holy Spirit. Now, we're not talking about purchasing oil, right? We're not even talking about purchasing something. What do we have to do? I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about receiving more of him. I'm talking about being in communion with God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit who lives in you. Right? I'm talking about if, you're, if your tank is on E, you got to fill up your tank somehow. And it's absolutely free. It doesn't, it's, it's not a, a financial thing, but it is a T-I-M-E thing. 
And we struggle with that in 2019 because we're all busy and our lives are so programmed, right? Some of us have children. Some of us have full-time jobs. Some of us are, are just so busy. And we got to watch the new Disney Plus, as Pastor Phil said. Right? We got Netflix. We got, we got cable with thousands and thousands of channels. Like, it blows my mind. We got Netflix at home, and I start to... My wife hates this about me, y'all, all right? I'm being transparent for a second. I start to flip through the channels. How many of y'all like me? And then you just, like, flip through. Like, you just enjoy flipping through it, and you never really land on a show. It'd be 30 minutes. She's like, please watch something. I'm like, hold on. I'm trying to figure out what I want to watch. And I'll pass out before I turn anything on. Right? We have all these options. We have all these things that fill our time I'll never forget when I first moved to Atlanta, there's two things that I noticed that was different in South Florida. The first thing I noticed, there's tons of trees in Atlanta. I was like, yo, there's a lot of trees here, right? It's funny, but it's not. The second thing I noticed is there's a lot of billboards. There's bill like you drive down 75 and there are billboards everywhere. As soon as you pass the Georgia-Florida line, you start seeing peaches and pecans. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Peaches and pecans. You go the other way, you see oranges and alligators. But I'm like driving, and I pulled in Atlanta. I'll never forget this. This is the year 2000. I pulled in Atlanta, and I seen this sign, and I was like, okay, I'm home. You know what it was? It said, home of so-so deaf recordings. I was like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. I like the ATL. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all know Jermaine Dupri? All right, there we go. 2.0 can relate. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom, right, and his righteousness and all these other things that your hearts desire will be added unto you. But it's going to cost you something in order to fill your lamp, in order to fill your temple up. It's going to cost you something, and a majority of what it's going to cost you is your time. The second thing it might cost you is some of your friends. Let me just be real. Everybody, like God has a plan for your life, but so does everybody else. And if you allow other people to steal your time, your, your relationship with Jesus will be the first thing that it's going to suffer. It's going to cost you something. The second point I wanted to make is we find these women in this in-between time. They knew they were waiting on the bridegroom, right? And they found themselves waiting like some of us. God has spoke to us, right? God has given us a vision for our life. Right? God says, I want you to do this. Or maybe you don't even know what you want. You just know you're alive and you're still young or you're young at heart. You have health. Like You want your life to have purpose, but you find yourself just in this in-between time, right? The bridegroom hasn't come back yet, but I know he said to wait on him and to go to the, to the wedding banquet, but I'm here just chilling. Like, ain't life more than just, just chilling and hanging out? These women found themselves in this season of waiting. They found themselves in the, what I call the in-between, right? Anybody ever been there before? Like, you've just been, like, like, God gave me this vision for City Takers back in 2009. Like, some of the leadership team, I've showed pictures of these drawings and, and this, whole, this whole plan, and here we are, 2019, 10 years later, and the Lord, we're still not in the fullness of that. And so even me as your pastor, like, I find myself sometimes in this season of, like, all right, Lord, like, what are you doing today? I'm waiting for you to tell me, what, what do I need to do today? Another thing we read about is these women fell asleep. 
Right? And we, we take that as something bad. Right? See, Jesus didn't tell him to stay awake like he told the disciples. It was another time in the scriptures where he's like, yo, I need y'all to stay awake and pray. And Jesus comes back and Peter and a couple other guys were knocked out. Like, that's like disobedience. But these women, right, they all fell asleep. The wise ones and the foolish ones. But the scripture still calls the, the wise ones wise, even though they fell asleep. See, there is a, there is a season where in, in, in the waiting where, you know, like sleep is never a bad thing, by the way, right? Now, 12 hours of sleep every day could be bad, right? But you actually have to take care of your, 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 your vessel, your, your temple, your body. And sleep is the one thing that the enemy loves to steal, right? If he could get in our minds, if he could get us thinking, if he could get us fearful, if he could get us having anxiety, all of a sudden, what, what happens? We start to wake up in the middle of the night, and then we're awake for hours. I don't know if it's ever happened to somebody in this room, but I'm telling you, sleep is of God in the name of Jesus. A peaceful rest is of God in the name of Jesus. There's another scripture where the disciples were in a boat, and a storm came. They all got afraid. They went to go get Jesus. What was Jesus doing? He was knocked out. He was, he was sleep, like in a deep sleep in the bottom of the boat. See, Sleep is not a bad thing. And they found themselves in this in-between time is five of the women were actually prepared and five of the women were actually procrastinators. Say procrastination. Some of us, including myself, are really good at that. We put off tomorrow what we should do today. And so when, if we want to fill our temple, we want to fill our lamps up, right? You can't wait till tomorrow. You actually have to do that today because tomorrow, unfortunately, never comes. So five of them were actually prepared. The Bible says that they took extra jars of oil. The other ones probably only had a little bit of oil in their lamp, right? So when they woke up, when the bridegroom was returning, it says that they trimmed, right, the wick of the lamp so that they could see, but five of them were out of gas, Five of them were on the side of the road, and they asked the other five to help them out, but the other five weren't AAA. They're saying, if I help you out, actually, it's going to mess me up. And so you can't have what I have. And so in the kingdom of God, anointing and relationship is non-transferable. You hear me? Relationship is non-transferable. So if your grandmother was the greatest Christian to ever walk the earth, that doesn't make you a great Christian. It just makes you a person who's disconnected from Jesus like any other lost human being out here in the world. Until you spend time with Jesus and you encounter him for yourself and your lamp is full of oil. But we're expert procrastinators. The other thing I learned about the in-between is five women prepared for their future. Five women knew what was going to happen. And see, we all know that Jesus is going to return, am I right? We all know that when, when even before Jesus returned, if, my body, if I die and I perish, my body goes back into the ground, I know that I'm going to meet Jesus face to face. So what am I doing today to prepare for that moment, right? Instead of watching Netflix 24-7, and instead of binging on the newest episode that came out, like, 
Yo, TV is crazy nowadays. How many of y'all are old school like me? That you actually had to wait a whole week to watch the next episode. How many of y'all like me? Remember that? Remember back in the day? Now, now it's whole seasons come out, and it's like you can watch the whole 20 episodes of a whole season in one night. How many of y'all like that? You could watch it in like one day. You could binge a whole season. Y'all are ashamed. Y'all are lying. Someone lying in here. Now check this out. This is crazy. In Matthew 25, verse 11, when they're in the in-between, the five foolish versions addressed the groom as Lord twice. All right, these are the foolish, these were the foolish versions. These were the ones who weren't prepared, who procrastinated. They addressed Jesus as Lord. That means something in the scriptures. They looked just like the other five. There was no way that you could distinguish, right, the ones who were like all in and the ones who weren't prepared. Just like when I look around the room, I can't tell by looking at y'all whose lamps are full and whose lamps are empty, whose gas tank is full and whose gas tank is empty. I can't tell by looking at you how much time you've spent with Jesus. They all called Jesus Lord, right? The five look just like the other five. But in Matthew 21, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those that do the will of my Father in heaven. That scripture goes on to say, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. Right? I fed the hungry. In your, I did all of this in your name. And in the end, it says, and then I will de declare to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. And I'm like, yo, that's a scary verse that we could do all this stuff for Jesus, right, yet our lamps be empty. We could do all this stuff for him. We could call him Lord of our lives. We could call ourselves Christians. We could call ourselves sold out for God. And yet when we meet him face to face, he can look right at me and say, I don't even know who you are. Like that hits me every time I read that. I was like, Lord, I don't want that to be me. Therefore, what must I do, you know what I mean, to make sure that that's not me? And this thing has, it has everything to do with relationship. That vehicle, if that light comes on and you continue to drive that thing, right, you, it's one of two things. You're going to be on the side of the road or you're going to be pulling into a gas station, right? Ain't nothing worse than when you got to be somewhere at a certain time and you're running late and you get in your car, you start your car, and guess what comes on? That little light. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, dang, now I'm really going to be late. But you have to go get gas. Because if you don't get gas, you're not going to arrive to the destination. And it's the same thing in the kingdom. It's the same thing. Like we're in this in-between stage, right? You, we have to go refuel ourselves at the feet of Jesus. We have to spend the time. This isn't like, oh, you know what, maybe I'll go next week and get gas. No, if you don't go get gas right now, you're going to be out of gas, and your feet are going to do all the walking. The last thing I, I read in this scripture is, verse 10, it says, and then the door was shut. Mm. That's not cool. And then the door was shut, and I think about that, I'm like, yo, like, I don't want the door to be shut on me. Now, the good thing is this, like, what it's talking about is when I perish, when you perish, right, when your body uh, goes back into the ground, 
and you meet him face to face, the door has already been shut. It is too late. I'm not sharing that to scare you. What I'm sharing is the word of God is what it says. The door was closed on the five. And, and they were probably knocking at the door. Let me in. We want to come to the wedding. He's like, I don't know who you are. You're actually not invited. It's like, yeah, my God. Like, I messed up. I procrastinated my whole life. And I never really got to really know him. I never got to know him. The third point I want to make is we all got to pay attention to where we're at. We all got to pay attention. We all got to recognize kind of like, you know what I mean, like in life, like where are we really at? Because we know how to fake it really good, right? Fake it till you make it does not exist in the kingdom of God. Like we get away with that at work. I'm talking to a few of y'all, right? You, you just, I, yeah, I got that. You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Verse 13, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. And we got to adhere to the warning signs. The little gaslight is the warning sign, right? The little mileage thing is the warning sign. I love Job 36, 11. It says this, if they hear and serve him, if they hear, right, and do what he says, in other words, it will end their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Proverbs 133, right, from the Living Bible says this, but all who listen to me, this Jesus, right, shall live in peace and in safety and unafraid. And I like that. Right? If we listen to him, well, how do we listen to him? We have to, we have to be with him. We have to spend time with him. If I didn't listen to my wife, I'd be in trouble. But the reason why I listen to my wife, because I'm with her a lot. I spend time with her. If I didn't spend time with my wife, it probably wouldn't end well. Right? It's time. I always say this jokingly. I say, you know how to spell discipleship? It's T-I-M-E. It's time. Just got to spend time with people. I believe that the five foolish virgins didn't have enough oil for the same reason that some of us continue to let our cars run on E every single week. Because we put off what we could do now. Right? We put off tomorrow what we could do today. Even when the gas thing is blinking at us, we say, nah, I know my car. I know I could go another day. I know I could go 20 more miles. I know I got some time, Red. We don't believe the warning signs. It's not that bad. I know my car. And I believe that the Lord through his grace and his mercy, as the light flashing in your life, your heart is flashing, saying, I need more of him. I need to make sure there's oil in my lamp. I don't want to meet him one day and say, you know what? I don't really even know you. But I went to cross over ATL, Lord. Listen, I don't know you. So the question today is this. I want to end with this. Is there oil in your lamp? Are you running on E today? the bridegroom is coming are you ready for his return or are you ready to meet him 
right? The greatest miracle of all, man. God can do, God's done so many miracles. Even I was just with a young lady in the back talking about her daughter. Just, we prayed for her daughter a couple weeks ago, literally right here. And God answers supernaturally. Where you at? Raise your hand up. Where you at? Your daughter. There she is right here. Yeah, God answered a supernatural prayer. What looked impossible with man is possible with God. She's a living testimony of that. God does amazing miracles. I mean, he's going to continue to do miracles. But the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of eternal life. When the old man goes down into the water and the new man comes out. And the Bible says that you will never die. You'll never be separated from him. But I believe that eternal life is free, but abundant life is something different. I believe that he doesn't just want to give us eternal life, but he wants to give us an abundant life here and now, a life in his kingdom here and now. That, re that requires stopping every single day and filling up at the kingdom gas station, sitting at his feet saying, Jesus, I just, I just want to hear from you. I just need to, I need to, you're my GPS, Lord. Tell me where to go and I'll go. Tell me what to say and I'll say it. Jesus only did that. That's a completely abandoned life to the Father. He said, yeah, but that was Jesus. Listen, you can do that. Depends how close you want to get to him. Is there oil in your lamp tonight, today? Oil in your lamp. If not, it's going to cost you something. You hear me? I can't just say, oh, here, here he is. Can't just say, here's some oil, because that's my oil. I only receive when I spend time with him. But I want to encourage you today, take a step of faith, say, Lord, I need to be refilled. Not only do I want to be refilled, I want to have extra tanks. I want to have extra jars of oil that when this runs out, I want to be able to continue replenishing me spiritually. And so if I could have everybody just stand your feet all, all over the room before we pray. Just stand to your feet. How many people would say, you know what? I'm ready to be refilled, revived. I don't want to meet Jesus and him not know me. I don't want to not be ready. Because if he came back today, well, let's be real. If he came back today, some of us would be in trouble And I'm not saying this in a religious way. I'm just saying this in a relationship way. Like, it's, it's the best thing you can ever do, spend time with Jesus. The best time you'll ever have. And it will never, listen, you will never waste that time. That time will never be wasted. How many of y'all be bold enough to say, you know what, my, my tank has been running on E today. Like, raise your hand. I've been on E. I've been struggling. I said, yeah, he, he already knows. And the only reason I'm asking you to raise your hand is, is not so I know. Just so you can take that bold step with, with God say, you know what, Lord? It's me. I don't want to be foolish. I want to be wise. I don't want to procrastinate. I want to prepare. I need you. I want to know you more. How many of y'all are just like ready to go all in with Jesus? How many of y'all say, you know what? Like, I, maybe I've, I've called myself a Christian, but I feel like I might be one of these five foolish virgins. And I'm ready to go like all in today. Raise your hand up. Amen, amen, amen. A lot of us. Praise Jesus. So let's just pray.
It's Jesus who ministers to your heart, not me. I'm just a vessel. The Bible says if you preach the word, it'll go forth in power. And it will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish, check this out, everything that he sets forth to accomplish. So Holy Spirit is accomplishing things in your heart right now in Jesus' name. It's the reason why you raise your hand up. He's the one that convicts. He's the one that turns the light on. He's the one that warns us. So, Father God, I come boldly to your throne right now, God, asking for a real, fresh encounter with you today. We need to hear from you. I thank you that your oil is everlasting and it never runs out. So we come to you because our lamps are empty. We've trimmed the wick. We've trimmed the things off of our life that are not catching fire. And I pray that the fire of Holy Spirit comes right now, Lord Jesus. And your Holy Spirit fills us to where our cup runs over right now in Jesus' name, Lord. I thank you for peace in the midst of fear. I thank you, God, that anxiety has no hold over our minds in the name of Jesus. Baptize us afresh and anew, God, with Holy Spirit and fire. That's what I want to do. As we're all praying right now, I want you to talk to Jesus for yourself because I can't give him to you. All over this room, if you need to be filled, you find yourself on E. I, I'm challenging you to open up your mouth right now and talk to Jesus as if he was standing right in front of you because the Bible is clear. He says where two or more gathered there, he is in the midst, so he is here. Don't put off tomorrow. Don't do it tomorrow. Do it now. Don't wait. Come on, city takers, all over the room. If you enter his courts with praise right now, he'll enter your situation with power. Come on, if you enter his courts with praise right now, he'll enter your situation with power in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yes, Lord Jesus. We just say yes. Some of y'all just don't know what to say. Just say yes. I receive you. I receive your love. I receive your grace. I receive your wisdom, your truth, Lord Jesus. I receive your spirit, Lord God. Let him be your spiritual AAA today. Rescue us, Lord Jesus. Rescue us, Lord God. I just hear the Father saying, I know exactly where you're at. He says, I know exactly where you're at. Before you open up your mouth, I already know, says the Lord. He's saying, you think I'm far away, but I am right here with you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. He says, if you reach out, I will give you things that you can't even dream or imagine. He says, in my storeroom, there is enough oil for you and your whole household in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Change us from the inside out. Help us to be wise, Lord Jesus. Help us to prepare our hearts, God, to receive you this Christmas season. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel led to pray for a miracle. 
Just like this young lady could testify about her daughter receiving the miracle that we prayed for literally two weeks ago right here. She came up to me and shook me. I believe God is still a miracle worker. If you need a miracle from him, raise your hand up and keep it up. Almost like you're grasping heaven. Lord Jesus, you know where we're at. You know every person that needs you and needs a miracle, God. Lord, I speak to the mountain right now. Come on, y'all help me. I speak to the mountain. I command it to move in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are still a miracle worker, God. I thank you that nothing is impossible for you and that your sons and your daughters are here today that need a miracle, God. Lord, I pray that you remove whatever thing that needs to be removed, that you provide whatever thing that needs to be provided for in Jesus' name, God. I thank you that you are a God that still opens up the heavens, Lord, and pours out, rains out your oil, God, in this place, Lord Jesus. Come, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Uh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we know the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. You said in your word that if we call upon your name, that you'll save us, you'll redeem us. You'll cleanse us of all of our iniquity and sin. That the old things pass away and all things become brand new. The miracle of this moment. He says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and he rose from the dead, you will. Listen, you will most positively 100% be saved. Some of us need to be saved today. If you need to be saved, just call upon the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus forgive me. I believe that you died for me. That you rose on the third day. Come on, I need you to say it like you, like you rose on the third day for me. If I was the only one here, you would have done it for me. Therefore, today, I surrender everything to you. Thank you, God, for a new life. Thank you, God, for a new life. Say it like you mean. Thank you, God, for a new life. If that's you, come see us after service. Maybe you want to get baptized today. Let me be 100 with y'all. Every single person in this room at one point didn't know him. I believe that he's shaking up this church because he's requiring more of us because he has purpose that's greater than what we could think or imagine in this city and in the nation. Like, for real. And listen, this isn't led by, by me. It's led by him. It's led by him. It's led by a bunch of radical sons and daughters. Amen. Give yourselves a hand clap. Come on. Let's just close this prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you, King Jesus. It's in your son's name we pray. We all said Amen. Let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. DJ Radical.